There's a lot inside a name. What an entrance, huh? <laughs> yep. Boy, we're doing something different this time. I can tell. Yeah, I, I've got a script. I'm, I'm supposed to read this. Excuse me. Agenda, Science Live. She wrote this. <laughs> Turn towards Peugeot and give her a big smile. Keep going. Science Fair, Experiment Titration. Yeah, I heard we're talking about titration. Oh, yeah. We started last week. Unknown liquid, what is it? There it is. There it is. The unknown liquid. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this is going to be more difficult. Okay, inside of this flask is a clear liquid. And since we are turning into chemists tonight, we have to figure out what that liquid is. All right? It's going to help us. So how do we do it? It turns out that chemists use a technique called titration. So if you're going to be a chemist, and you're going to do all the amazing things that chemists do to manipulate chemicals and do what they want, you need to know about titration and how it works. Okay. So we're going to learn that tonight. Now, first of all, I want to make it relevant. <laughs> okay. okay. We put it right up here. We got to make me? it relevant. That's for me, okay. Right? <laughs> uh, that was a bonus. It wasn't even on the paper. <laughs> anyway, so how is titration relevant? Titration is going to turn out to be a scientific way to find out what that liquid is and how strong it is. And with that, we can do some really amazing things. In building hydrogen electrolyzers, generators to produce hydrogen, we have to apply a catalyst. The one that I use in my electrolyzers is platinum. Platinum's a wonderful metal. And I wanna show you this little diagram of how we apply platinum to our electrodes. We have a beaker here, and we have a special solution, and we run electricity through it, and it pulls the platinum out of the solution and puts it on the electrode, okay? As we start plating platinum and it gets used up, we have to replenish it. But the question is, how much platinum should we put back on after we've been running all day? And if we could measure the acidity of that solution, the pH, we would be able to know what that is. Now we need to stop for a minute. What is pH? pH is a way we indicate how acidic a solution is or how basic <laughs> and or alkaline. There are chemicals that are acidic. We'll talk a little bit more about what an acid is in a minute. And there's ones that are alkaline, or they're a base. And right in between is pure water, which is neutral. So you have to know what the acidity is, or the pH is the acidity, to be able to know how much of the salt to add in. Okay? okay. 
So that's one example of how we use titration, because we can take a solution from that sample and determine how acidic it is. Another example is growing plants in hydroponics. Here is an example of some lettuce growing. We've been doing a lot of experimenting with this. And if you look careful down the bottom, you can see there's no dirt. There's just a liquid. And the roots are hanging down into the liquid, and they're pulling in the nutrients they need to be able to grow. Well, as the plants pull the chemicals out of the solution, it has to be replenished. And knowing how much chemical to add depends on knowing the pH or the acidity of the solution. So again, if we had a way we could test that solution, then we'd be able to grow beautiful plants. Does that make sense? And plants are very sensitive to pH. For example, tomatoes like acid. And acid is everything of a pH below 7. In fact, tomatoes like a pH of about 6.4 to 6.8, just a little bit acidic. If you don't give them that, they don't taste as good, they don't grow as fast. Other plants don't even like acidic, they like a little alkaline, they like to be on the base side above seven. So we need to know a way to be able to find out the concentration. And to do that, we use a technique called titration. Now, uh, R5, R51, bless his heart, <laughs> has offered to explain to you how titration okay. works. And so I'm going to turn the time <laughs> over to R51, who unfortunately was detained in Area 51. Uh -huh. So here he is. Okay, well, welcome back to Area 51. Well, you guys been gone. I've been here all by myself. <laughs> welcome back. Last time, I showed you how I was trying to do a titration, but remember, it didn't fit. So I'll tell you what I did. I went back to the internet and I reviewed the literature and I found out this is all wrong. This is a beaker. We don't need a beaker, nope. For this, we need one of this. This is called a tray. You've gotta have a tray. And so now I take the tie Get it just right. Now watch this careful because I'm going to now do a tie no. tray. No. Shun. Get it? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Let me get my eyeballs turned out. There you go. Now you can see it better. So you take a tie uh -huh. and a tray, and if you put them together, you get a titration. <laughs> this is just what r 51s all excited about, titration. <laughs> and I saw it right here. By the way, do you want to know a secret? I'm doing a science fair project. I've got this special magic mist. It's a little beaker. You pull this thing open and you push and you spray like that. And I am inventing the world's first Peugeot plant. Oh, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a flower, it smells so good. And the way you do it is you get a nice flower, pick out a good one when it's real little, and then you grow it and you, you spray this on like that. And you have to do it three times every day 
if you want the result. So I've been spraying this on my little flower and it's been growing, it's getting, getting blossoms, getting really pretty. And I'm inventing the page plant. The page flower. That's terrible. <laughs> no. Okay, we need it. No. <laughs> no. We, we, we need to just completely disregard everything he said. You want to know what else? He's a little bit crazy. I'm also working on another project for next year. I call it the Peche Tree. <laughs> yeah. I do like there, trees. There's and I do something like wrong plants. with that guy. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <clears throat> so maybe maybe we should explain titration. I think you should. <laughs> So remember, we've got an unknown liquid. We don't know if it's an acid. We don't know if it's a base. We don't know how strong the concentration is. We don't know the pH. So remember, pH is a scale that goes from 1 to 15. If it's 7 in pH, it's neutral. It's not acidic. It's not basic. If it's below 7, it's acidic. And the further lower it is, is how strong the acid is. If it's above seven, it's an alkaline or it's a base, okay? okay? So we've got an unknown here and we need to find out if it's an acid or a base. And that's where this stuff comes in. This is what chemists call an indicator. And it turns out there are several indicators. Uh, some people use litmus paper. Some users use other things. This happens to be a chemical called phenolphthalein. It's an indicator. And this indicator, if it's clear, it means that it is an acid. If it turns pink, it means it's a base, okay? So I'm gonna put a couple drops of this into our unknown liquid. Put it here so we can see it. Couple drops. One, two, or three, or four, there we go. Put the lid back on, and now I'm going to do some stirring. Hmm, it's not changing color, is it? Uh-uh. It's still clear. If the indicator doesn't turn pink, that means it's an acid. Our unknown mystery liquid is an acid. So now the question is, how strong of an acid is it? Is it an acid that's only a pH 6? That's a weak acid. Or is it a pH 1? A pH 1 acid, ooh, that's, that's a really, really strong acid. And acids can literally rip your tissue apart. Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk a little bit about an acid and a base. An acid is a material molecularly like this. It's a material that when you put it in water, it ionizes. It breaks into two parts, okay? And if we put this particular acid in water, it could be hydrogen chloride or or hydrochloric acid, nitric acid, sulfuric acid, there's a lot of different acids. And This particular one, we don't know which it is, but we have a way of finding out how strong it is. And we do that in this interesting way. Here I have 
a mixture of a base, in this case sodium hydroxide, and I have a mixture of acid. We won't need the acid because we know it's already an acid. So we'll use the base to titrate it. This base is of a concentration that we measured out carefully and is called a one molar solution of sodium hydroxide. So now we gotta learn a little bit of science. What is a mole? According to this, I'm supposed to ask you. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Peget Monet, what is a mole? It's a pesky little animal that goes in the ground that ruins our gardens and our lawns, and, that we, and they're very hard to catch. And so you're an electrical engineer, right? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, that's what it okay. is. To a chemist, <laughs> a mole has another meaning. Uh, let, me, let me give you another question. See how you do with this one. Okay. What is a dozen? It's 12. 12? Mm -hmm. How do you know that? I memorized it. You memorized it, mm -hmm. huh? So a dozen is 12. So if you say, I want 12 cookies, you can just say, I want a dozen cookies. Mm -hmm. A mole is a name like dozen, only it doesn't represent 12. It represents more than that. See this little flask? That is pretty cute. This flask has, oh, a little less than 20 milliliters of water. So it's, it's not even enough for a good drink. Maybe just to wet your tongue a little bit. This flask contains one mole of water. So what does that really mean? Well, a mole happens to be a number, and the number is 602 billion trillions. Oh, it's a big number. It's a big number. In other words, and, and chemistry students memorize this number, 6.02 times 10 to the 23. That means it's a number with 23 zeros. Let's see that number up here. There's this number, and we call it Avogadro's number. 602 billion trillions. That's how many water molecules are in this flask. And you say, well, why do we have such a weird number like that? So we'd have a mole. And whenever <laughs> okay. we say that number, that means we have 12, only not 12. We have 602 billion trillion of whatever it is. It could be atoms. In this case, it's molecules, it's water molecules. We have one mole. And it turns out to be a real handy tool in chemistry to be able to figure things out. So I have a, a little dropper here that has some of this base in it. We know that's an acid. We put the indicator in and that indicator would turn pink mm -hmm. if it became a base. So I could start putting this in, and as soon as it turns pink, I could read how much I put in, and we could find out how strong that acid is. And doing that is the process or the experiment called titration. Now, I want to take a time out for a minute because remember last week, we're doing this as a possible science fair project. We could use titration 
to make sure how much chemical to put in hydroponics or to make hydrogen generators. This is really useful stuff. <laughs> and we're kind of introducing it today. Next time we're going to really get into it deep. Yeah. Okay. So I want to see how much of this base we have to put in there to be able to get that to turn pink, which means it'll be right at pH 7. And then we can calculate the concentration. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yes. This is not Ohm's law. <laughs> That's an electronic <laughs> no, sign, remember? Okay, so watch it very carefully. Okay. I'm going to use this to kind of stir it as I go. Well, it isn't yet. No. Can you see any pink there? Nope. Well, it's more than that. Nope, no pink. More than that. Nope. There's still no pink. Okay, this isn't working, it's is broken. it? It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. Guess what? What? You didn't use the right stuff. I didn't use the right stuff, did I? I don't know. Isn't this great? I love science. Do you think <laughs> R51 has been tampering? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is possible. Let's take a look at this. Hmm, this is our base. We got some stuff in there. We can make a big mess here if we're not careful. Maybe we need a little more. Maybe I'll do it this way. What do you think? <laughs> okay, here okay. we go. Put some in. I oh. want to see pink. I saw a little bit of pink. Did you see it? A flash. A flash. <laughs> it looked like it was getting close. Oh, look, I can see, see pink. it's starting to turn yeah. pink. Then but it disappears. It need, it's because there's not enough. It's getting pink. This is how they make the clouds we, on my planet. This is titration, titration happening. <laughs> now, chemists this have a pink. little fancier way they do this. Oh, oh we're there. See, so that's now beautiful. we take the amount of base we had to add. And by the way, this base is what we call a one mole solution or one molar solution. What does that mean exactly, one mole solution? A mole is a dozen, remember? Nah. It means <laughs> that we have Avogadro's number, mm -hmm. 602 billion trillion molecules of base in here for you to measure. Okay. Okay? So we now are able to run a calculation. Let's just look at this next slide and see how we do the calculation. Here we go. Thank you. What is unknown? Here it is. Give it to me. Bring her up. <laughs> Come on, slide. There it is. Okay. So we take the amount we did and we calculate that the strength of this acid is 0.12 molar. Now you have to kind of get used to it. Say 0.12 molar. That's like saying it's 0.12 dozen. Mm -hmm. Only it's a much bigger number. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to learn about molar, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this when we get a chance to. Does that make a sense? It does. All right, so I want to talk now a little bit about what an acid is and okay. what a base is. Um, in this particular case, the unknown fluid happened to be an acid called hydrochloric acid. Mm -hmm. The formula for that is HCl. And I want to show you this equation. Hydrogen chloride, which is acid, plus sodium hydroxide, which is a base, goes to water if you react it, and sodium chloride. Sodium chloride just happens to be salt. So we just made salt. When we started out, we had an acid, mm -hmm. a strong acid, mm -hmm. 
And you want to be careful with acids. You can get burnt by an acid. And then we neutralized it with a base. And the base we happened to use was sodium chloride. And so let's talk about what this means. This is a little molecule, and it happens to be hydrogen chloride. They're together like this, and when you drop them in water, they ionize, which means they go some of them, in fact, all of them do, and since it's a strong acid, and they float around as ions. And the hydrogen kind of gives up its electron to the chlorine, so it becomes positive, so it becomes a photon, basically. Now, for you guys that are really serious chemists, you know that the way this really works is kind of like this. This is a water molecule, and this third hydrogen attaches, and this is the real hydrogen ion, this is what it really is like in water, but we're gonna keep it simple today. So it's a, a hydrogen plus ion floating around and it's a minus ion. So that's what we had when we started out and this is acidic. And the pH of it turned out to be quite dilute, it's 0.1, just over 0.12 molar. But then we got some base and base, in this particular case, is sodium atom and then hydroxide, OH, OH. One oxygen, one hydrogen. So when sodium hydroxide is put in water, it ionizes and you have OH floating around. So think about this a minute. You have a hydrogen ion floating around and a hydroxyl ion floating around. And if those two come together, they make water. Okay, but unfortunately, when we started out, I don't know if it's so unfortunate, but unfortunately, <laughs> when we started out, there wasn't enough hydroxyl ion, so we just kept the hydrogen atoms floating around, and it was acid. As we added more and more and more of the sodium hydroxide, more and more of the hydrogen ions got reacted, turned into water, until right when it changed color, was right when they perfectly balanced and it's pH of seven or it's neutral. So right now, we have pink, salty water. So we made salt. Now if we keep adding this, mm -hmm. it'll start going over to the base side and the pH will go higher and higher and sodium hydroxide is not a good thing to eat. Neither is hydrochloric acid. And so we don't taste those, okay? That's really quite important. But if you did taste an acid, one characteristic is acids taste sour. Hmm. Bases taste bitter. Bases feel kind of slimy. You, if you use ammonium hydroxide ammonia to clean your windows, it's kind of same. I've got a slide that kind of tells you the properties mm -hmm. of the acids and the bases. Yeah. So a property of an acid is it tastes sour and bases taste bitter. Acid reacts with bases and bases react with acids. Acid turns an indicator clear, a base turns an indicator pink. So if we actually wanted to prove that, we could actually pour some of this out of our container. Uh, if you can still see that. And if we take some acid and put it in here, we should be able to make that go clear again. Can you see how it's kind of pink? Mm -hmm. 
wonder why it chooses the color pink. That is a factor. Oh, and guess what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? I like the smile, but what happened? <laughs> Let's go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that the person that made up my acid fudged. That's water, isn't it? Ah, uh, this acid is not acid. And we caught it because it didn't make the indicator go clear. <laughs> Bingo! We caught her. We did. Yeah, it's not Is that great. for safety I love reasons? Chemistry. Is that why we're doing that? <laughs> um, I, we'll find out later why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you're starting to get a little bit exposed mm -hmm. to titration which is a method of adding the other one that is, you can put an indicator in that tells you whether it's an acid or base, you put the other one in of a known concentration and add it until the indicator changes. And next week we're gonna look at other indicators and fancier ways to measure the acidity of an unknown liquid. And this gets to be a very interesting thing. This could be a science fair project. Someone could learn how to titrate acids and bases to be able to find why are you looking at me well i was just doing an experiment in my mind okay do you guys <laughs> want to see what the experiment was you? in her mind i, it's I not probably for have, everyone i probably have some more instructions here let me just see. <laughs> there's nothing here about any experiments going on in your mind i was thinking about the butterfly pea flower and how when you steep it in water, it turns that really, really deep, pretty blue. Then when you put lemon in it, it changes colors. And that is an indicator, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Anything that will change, whether it's in an acid environment or a base one, is an indicator. And it turns out there's a lot of real neat ones. Mm -hmm. And next time, we're not going to be so kludgy goody We're going to show you a real <laughs> titation apparatus. Real one. And we, I promise we will keep R51 out of sight. Well, they like R51. They, the comments are coming in about him. Really? What are they saying? I love him. <laughs> That's what it says. Oh, how blessed we are to be in R51's presence. I love him. <laughs> That's from Sophia. <laughs> oh, my. I think you better keep him This in. is going to go right to his head. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway... Um, I think he likes all the people from Peugeot's planet. That's right. There's just a few of us so far. I want, oh, we could take a vote on how many think that she's an alien, but I won't do that. No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to embarrass her. <laughs> oh, by the way, while we're doing chemistry, I know. you need to put I saw those there. glasses on. Here's some for you, too. Oh, the, oh I get the brainstorm? Wow. <laughs> all right. Don't you look fine. And it really is important. <laughs> that when you do your experiments, that you think about safety first. A lot of the experiments that you can do that would give you a great opportunity to do well at the science fair involve chemicals and things of that nature. Always protect your vision. You know, the fact, Johnny's talking about how fast his cameras can be. Mm -hmm. I think it's just amazing that we come equipped with cameras mm -hmm. and it you is. want to really take good care of them. We come with hair-ers, smell-ers, taster-ers. Fillers. We're fillers. Fillers. Fillers, okay. With acid, you want to be careful of that. What Here is that for? Here is a science kit, a chemistry set. 
And you know, this is where my interest in science really, really warmed up. One year, my neighbor got a chemistry set for Christmas. Late the afternoon of Christmas, my neighbor said to me, let's don't use it all up today, Roger. <laughs> There's so many experiments you can do, you can do. I really enjoyed his Christmas. But you know, chemistry sets are really fun. And there are a lot of experiments that you can do with them. And they, they teach very interesting things. Now, just getting a chemistry set, mixing some things and changing the color or something, that's not really a science fair project. But mixing the chemicals and understanding what's going on, that is a science fair project. And so if you're looking for some, one idea might be to you know, start doing something really nice for someone so you can earn a chemistry set. Uh, a little bit older, when I was in middle school, beginning of middle school, I really wanted to get my own big chemistry set, and they, they cost money. And I couldn't do a cellist so I could get gold credits. <laughs> By the way, I'm hoping to make some chemistry sets available in our Cellus Gold wow. store. Cellus Gold store, by the way, we're working on it. Stay tuned. A lot of people are earning credits, kind of exciting. I was talking to a bunch of our students yesterday, and they were telling me how many credits they've got already, and some of them are doing really, really well. And then I went to one of the little young ladies. I said, how many you got? I don't have hardly any. And she's really smart. She's smart. And I said, why don't you have very many? She said, I've been buying a lot of themes. In the background of yeah, the, yeah. But that's all fun. But anyway, one year I wanted to get a chemistry set. And they said that there's a a guy that owns a store coming to give us a lecture on how we can make money. I said, I better be there. I better be there. <laughs> so I was there after school, and he came in. His name was Bob Allen. He owned Allen's Photo. And he says, you know, there's a lot of ways you can make money. You just got to be creative in how you do these things. And I said, well, what's one of them? And he says, well, a lot of people have dandelions. And dandelions are a real nuisance. And he says, but did you know they have a spray of the store called Weed Be Gone? Weed Be Gone. Weed Be Gone. It's a broadleaf killer. He said, you get that spray, put it in a little sprayer, and spray it on a lawn, and it'll kill all of the broadleaf or all the dandelions. And he says, you could, you could actually let people hire you to get rid of their dandelions. On the way home that day, <laughs> I was looking at every house, and finally I got to one that had dandelions everywhere. True story. So I knocked on the door, and this gentleman came to the door. Turned out later, I found out he worked for the Power and Light Company. And anyway, I says, you know, must be depressing to have all those dandelions in your lawn. <laughs> And he had a lot of them. He said, well, they're not that attractive. I said, I'll tell you what. For $5, I will get rid of all those dandelions for you. For $5? Yeah. You don't have to pay me until I get rid of them. Okay, you're on. So I went down the store, and I got some weed begun, diluted in a little sprayer, went out and shh, 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 shh. Took me 10 minutes. When I was all done, they looked fine. 
<laughs> five days later. <laughs> five dollars, yeah. please. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's really fun to be excited about science because then you're going to go out and do creative things. I mean, it took courage to knock on that door. It does. It could have been some scary person. Yeah. Could have been. But when you are motivated by science, you don't care if it's scary, right? Really? Yeah. And the science fair is intended to motivate you to get out and learn things you wouldn't learn otherwise. So some of you that are trying to figure out what am I going to do for science fair mm -hmm. next spring, start looking at experiments. There's so many experiments you can do. And a lot of them you can do with things around the house. <coughs> and I found out a lot of things that aren't around the house, you can talk your parents into. <laughs> oh, dear. And the parents are listening, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, parents. <laughs> uh, this is for the kids. <laughs> Catching it? Yeah. Uh, should we talk to the parents for a minute? Yes. Yeah, I have something I want to say to you parents. Mm -hmm. Students, you don't have to listen to this. This is between me and the parent. You can, now they're all. <laughs> but here's the deal. More and more parents are finding my direct access. Mm -hmm. On rogerbillings.com, yep. I have a place so that you parents can send me messages and I just want to take a minute and thank you so very, very much for the input that I'm getting. So many things have changed in Acellus in the last month or two because of wonderful ideas from parents. And I have so many more ideas that we're working on. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for them. Parents, uh, you're the greatest. And, and you students, you can listen now. <laughs> I said you can listen now. <laughs> okay. You students really need to be grateful to your parents. They must really care an awful lot about you to provide you the best learning system that's ever been invented. But you can help your parents know about how we can make it better. The things you like, the things that are making you learn, the things that are annoying you. I've had a lot of really good feedback. Some things we found that, I don't know how they got in there, but they're gone. Uh, in this week, we've had two things that have been reported through my direct channel that are already gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. so keep it up. But it, it's wonderful when you can go through our support number and solve problems that way. But if you don't get the solution you're looking for, feel free to go to rogerbillings.com. I do get those messages, and I do try very hard to make sure that I'm responsive. Uh, but I really appreciate you parents. You know, it's, uh, it's exciting to see how well Acellus is working, but I know that a lot of families are sacrificing so their students can have this, and I continue to do everything within my power to make it affordable to as many people as possible. But it's, uh, it's really appreciated. Feel free to reach out and let me know your feelings. So does that include grandparents too? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Grandparents are a whole nother deal. Oh. oh. Uh, okay, parents, students, shh, you don't listen to this. I want to talk to the grandparents. And you know, we have a lot of grandparents that have students on the cellus. They sure do. Grand, uh, grandchildren yeah. on the cellus, and mm -hmm. the grandparents are helping. They do. Uh, I have a special, special message for boomers. Baby boomers. 
<laughs> you, you know who you are. You know who we are. <laughs> Don't you? Well, <clears throat> when I was in school, I was one of the baby boomers. And all of a sudden, all the classrooms at my age were clear full. In second grade, I had to go into a closet for my second grade class because all the classrooms were clear full because the boomers had arrived. And all of a sudden, they had more students than they knew what to do with. And it was us. It was us. <laughs> well, now a lot of boomers are retiring. And it's not that fun. Yeah. I started my first company when I was quite young. I ran it for 13 years. I sold it and I made enough money that I would never have to work again. And so I did what I should. I retired at about 34 years old. <laughs> it's a little young. Those were the longest four weeks of my life. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I needed to do something. But here, here's something real serious I want to say to you boomers. I am recruiting boomers. Some of you that think you're retired or you tried out and it's not working and you want to come and help, I need your help. The ones I need the most are the ones that want to move to Missouri. I'll put you up. We'll make a boomer community. Yep. <laughs> I love it. These, these kids need our help. They do. And we've got, we got jobs for you. We'll put you to work. We are hiring quite a few boomers on our team, and they're, doing, they're, they're really booming things up. It's just, <laughs> it's just really great. So come to Kansas City. Some of you maybe even can help from wherever you are. But I, I just need all the help we can get because there's a lot to do. Uh, a solace is a dream of mine. My dream is that it would be so good that these brilliant, special, sacred young people would have every chance of opportunity to succeed in life and to really make contributions and be happy and be fulfilled. My biggest dream was that I'd be able to reach as many kids as possible, but I had no idea it'd be this many. So I really would appreciate anybody that, that needs a good challenge, new job, I will put you to work, right? He will. Yeah, and, and you can reach me through rogerbillings.com. Just say, I'm ready. Where shall I report? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll put you up, I'll feed you, and I'll pay you. And I will work you. <laughs> but you know what? Boomers, boomers like to work. They do. Yeah, they do. We, we care about the world, and we care about the youth. And uh, we're going to do our part to help them. Okay? Message to Boomer. Okay, the others can listen now. <laughs> okay, now what do you want to say? It's 8 o'clock. See you next time. <laughs>